0: mix in the dark hey what's up it's my yang from mix in the dark shout outs to washington listeners i am currently sitting in your state as i make my way back home to minnesota washington is on my top 15 states that listens to mix in the dark so i thank you for your continuous support I like to say that I am a local eater of Seattle, Washington because I always stop here on road trips for food. If you are a local, make sure to give me some food recommendations so that the next time I stop by, I can eat like a local too. I also want to mention that I have something called Super Thanks on YouTube now. It is the heart button underneath each video and you can show your support by tipping me through Super Thanks when you hear a story that you've really enjoyed. Also, don't forget to rate me on my podcasting stations such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. It really helps with my ratings. With that said, let's talk about these stories. All of these stories involve the funeral somehow. And I don't know about you, but I really don't like funeral homes, especially if they are Hmong funeral homes. I think they're cold and creepy. The bathrooms are always haunted. The basements are places you should never go to. And for Hmong folks that practice the traditional ways, we have to stay overnight. And these elements are like the perfect mix for a really scary horror movie But we wouldn't dare make a movie around it because there are just so many superstitions around Hmong funerals. Anyway, please enjoy this story set. Story 1 This story takes place in Fresno, California. My sister and I lived with my grandparents on weekdays and my parents on weekends. My grandfather had a best friend who we will name Lee for storytelling purposes. Lee and his family were very close to ours. One day, Lee suddenly passed away from a hit and run. He was driving home when he saw a car had broken down. He pulled over and offered to help the couple that was stranded. It was very late at night and he must have felt concerned for them. As soon as he pulled over and got out of the car, he was hit by another driver who was speeding. He died on the spot. A few weeks have gone by, and the funeral for Lee was held. I did not want to go to the funeral, but ended up having to go anyway. It had an incredible sense of dread and death to it. I can't put it into words, but it felt very off, and something just felt wrong. As you would imagine, a funeral of a beloved would be absolutely devastating. But Lee's funeral caused fear in everyone's eyes. When relatives looked at him from his casket, he had an angry look to him. His brows furrowed and the corners of his lips had frowned down like he was angry. I heard whispers and rumors that he had a grudge on something or someone. On the first day of the funeral, I remember very clearly that the other children and I refused to use the bathroom at the funeral. The bathrooms were in the basement of the funeral. If you know this funeral home, you know that there are rumors about the bathrooms that there are non-human things lurking around down there. Other children would whisper about a vampire who lived down in the basement. Hmong folks have this superstition that if you trip at a funeral home, your spirit also trips and can become a victim of other spirits living in the funeral home. This is why the adults always warn children to never run at a funeral home. Of course, little kids do not listen. There was this little girl at the funeral home who was playing games with the other kids. They were playing down in the basement. She must have tripped on her own feet and fell at the bottom of the stairs to the basement. She suddenly screamed and cried for her parents yelling Mao Mao over and over again. She kept pointing to the basement as if someone was there. Just in case you forgot, Mao Mao is what little moon kids say when they refer to spirits, ghosts or demons. I never went down there, I was too scared. It was the very last day of the funeral. I want to note that close relatives wore white strings around their hands during the funeral. Even though we were not related, my grandpa was like a brother to Lee, so my family and I wore it as well. The white strings were only to be worn during the funeral and to be taken off before going home. My parents were exhausted and had left the funeral to go back home, leaving my grandparents to spend the night at the funeral home. In America, a typical Hmong funeral lasts three full days and two full nights to give time to properly send the deceased. It has been changed and adjusted since the pandemic. As soon as we got home, my sister and I went to our rooms and fell asleep for the night while my parents got ready for bed. My mom realized that she forgot to take the white strings off before leaving. She went to the kitchen and removed the strings, she tossed it into the trash and went off to bed. That night my father had a dream of Lee standing over my parents at the end of the bed pulling at his leg My dad woke up suddenly as he fell off the bed He thought to himself that the funeral was long and maybe he was just exhausted He then fell back asleep too scared to stay up and think about his dream The next morning, my mom was in the kitchen when she saw that the white strings she threw out were now on the countertop. She thought for a while and convinced herself that maybe she just forgot to actually throw it out in the trash. She tossed it again in the trash and got us ready for the day. Strange things kept happening. My father continued to dream of Lee at the foot of his bed, pulling at his leg. They would start to get random phone calls with no caller ID name and the fire alarm would go off by itself in the middle of the night. After a couple of days of these recurring events, my parents gathered their things and we left for my grandparents. At my grandparents' house, I was with my sister in the living room while my grandparents were in the backyard tending to their chickens. At the time, I was around 8 years old and my sister was around 2 years old. I saw her walk away with her hands up as if she wanted to be held. She left the living room down to the hallway into my grandparents' room, which was right across from the living room. She slowly walked over to the bedroom door when her hands dropped and she screamed, rushing over to me. She screamed, mau mau, She was inconsolable and would not stop. My grandma rushed in, hearing her cries, I told her what happened and she started chanting. She cried and she screamed for Lee to leave our family alone and to move on. My grandpa sought help from a shaman who conducted a ritual to help find out why Lee's spirit was restless and tormenting my parents. The shaman had told them that Lee was mad that he died so suddenly, so when my mom forgot to take off her white string that night, he followed them home. They also said that Lee was jealous of my grandpa for being alive and wanted to torment us. The shaman performed a ritual with Lee's family to help lay his spirit to rest and help him move on. Soon after, he did not bother us again. Every time I hear and tell this story, it always gives me chills down my spine. Story 2. This happened when I was 18 years old. Growing up, my parents would always tell us not to bang our plates and spoons together because that would be like calling the spirits to come eat or waking the spirits. Kind of like at the home funerals. One evening, as I was cooking dinner for my parents who were coming home from the garden, my little brother kept hitting his plate with his spoon. I kept yelling at him to stop or else he would see monsters. He just laughed it off and continued doing it. Our kitchen has a window right next to our stove. It was really dark, but because I was cooking, I left the window open and did not close the blinds. I got mad. I went over to my little brother to grab his plate and spoon. As soon as I turned around toward the window, I saw a white face with red eyes staring back at me. As soon as I saw it, it smiled a cold, creepy smile. I reached for a knife and slowly backed out of the kitchen. I ran upstairs to where my sister was. She asked me why I was holding a knife and looking like I've seen a ghost. I told her what happened and that our little brother was still down there. As soon as we both decided to head back down, I heard my mom's voice and my other siblings. I then thought that maybe they were just playing a prank on me. I questioned all of them and they told me that I was crazy. My mom told me that it was nothing and for me to continue cooking. Ever since that day, I have kept the windows and blinds closed while I'm cooking. That image of what I saw that day still lingers in my head, clear as day. Story 3 My grandpa married four wives. One of his wives was my grandma, and another wife was my uncle's mom. I called the other wives Nia Tai Lao, meaning elder grandma. My grandpa died on September 10, 2006. At the time, he lived with his second wife. His first wife was sick at the similar time that he was sick, so she did not know that he was sick and that he eventually passed. When I speak about my grandma in this story, I am referring to my grandpa's first wife. When my grandpa died, my oldest brother went to his funeral. He was still young and just turning four that year. On the day of the funeral, my grandpa was laying outside of the casket. Monk folks usually do this step at a funeral to prepare them for their journey to the afterlife. When they put him in his casket, my family went over to take a look. While looking at him, my brother said he saw a young girl laying next to my grandpa in his casket. My parents had to perform a hoopli ritual to call my brother's spirit back, while the service was still happening. We then found out from my grandma that they drank each other's blood before getting married. When Hmong folks drink each other's blood, we call this hao cha te. When you do this, you are making a promise and sealing the promise to each other. It turns out that they made a promise that whoever dies first will wait and guide the other one to their world and live together. One day my grandma decided to visit my grandpa's gravesite. She cursed him out wondering how he just left the world and left her and her son to live without him. She continued to say that he did not love them and that she hoped he goes to hell. Ever since that day, my grandma went crazy. One moment, she would be in the living room and another moment, she would be in the bathroom flushing the toilet. She would have no idea how she got from one area to the next. My grandma lived with my uncle. Whenever my uncle calls to tell my aunt that they were coming over, my aunt would be in her room sleeping and she would wake up to this unknown figure who would wear the same outfit as my grandma would that same exact day and would put her into sleep paralysis by sitting on her chest. My aunt would get scared and run downstairs and would happen to see my grandma walking in from outside with the same outfit. My aunt would get so scared, but she wouldn't say anything to anyone. My grandma eventually passed away. We held a Christian funeral for her. During the funeral, my mom drank in the car with my cousin and auntie. She came in crying to the deceased when you do a christian funeral you shouldn't cry to the deceased because that would prevent them from leaving well she cried anyway and no one could stop her we decided to take her out of the funeral home and go and eat at the nearest mom church my dad told me to go with and he instructed my aunt to take me home after so that i could go to school the next day home to me was in minnesota the funeral was held in wisconsin While we were eating, my auntie's daughter or my cousin, who also came along, was refusing to eat and would not open her mouth. Then she started crying but with her mouth closed. She couldn't open her mouth. Her mouth was shut as if it was sewn shut, just like the deceased in the casket. We got worried so we rushed back home as fast as we could. While we were talking, I looked back and I swear I saw a quick glimpse of my deceased grandma behind the seats before she ducked somewhere to hide. I also thought that maybe I was just thinking too much. I told my aunt, when we got home, we made sure to tie protective strings on ourselves in case something followed us home. After doing that, my cousin was able to sleep okay. She still wasn't opening her mouth and she still wasn't eating, so we ended up going to the hospital. I remember that we waited about 5 hours in the waiting room that day. My aunt then noticed that pieces of her gum were peeling and coming off. The doctors took samples. Luckily it turns out that they were just chunks of chicken stuck at her throat. My aunt went to seek an elder shaman to figure out why my cousin could not open her jaw. It turns out that my grandma was trying to teach my aunt a lesson because she was unhappy about a few words said in the past. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Yang. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.